All right, go ahead and turn to the book of Romans. I don't know how well this is going to go this morning, but we, we're going to try. We got, I kind of got two things we need to try to fix, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to work on this. Um, couple of, a couple of things. Good, I think, I hope, maybe, 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 um, that ongoing problem that I have had with some recordings uh, without all that static sound that we have not been able to figure out. Um, the other Thursday, I came up here to try to do some recording and, um, well, and it, all, everything ended up with the, that static sound, which then ruins uh, all of my work and effort, which is, you don't even know how frustrating that is. Then Friday, I got ready to try to record and it did the same thing at home. And so we, we re- realized that it didn't matter if it was the wireless mic it didn't matter if it was the uh, the standalone Blue Yeti mic. Didn't matter if it was here. Didn't matter if it was at my house. Uh, it, there was no rhyme or reason. I could I could I could try to record say seven times, and then all of a sudden the eighth time I actually get a recording done, and then it'll have all the static in it. So I I talked to a number of people, and so we came up with the idea of running an update on the audio drivers. Which uh, when I went to the Dell site, there was an update to be done. Since I've done the update, we have not had the problem. Since. Now, remember, there's no rhyme or reason to why it happened in the first place. So if it happens again, I'm just going to lay on the floor and crawl up in the fetal position and cry. We still believe it was Seth. No matter what. Hey, no matter what, it's still Seth. Uh, we bl- hey, Kevin got blamed for everything. And Seth is no better than Kevin, maybe worse. So, so, uh, so there you go. So, but uh, we hope that problem is resolved because if you uh, may not may, may not be frustrating from you, but from uh, my perspective, there's nothing worse than sitting there trying to record and then you don't know, you don't know. Like the second you hit the record button, you start talking. You're like, well, is this one actually working? Because if I keep talking for forty minutes and then I go back and listen. That's 40 minutes of, you know, like that, that nobody wants to have to. Or, or you preach a sermon and then you get, I go back there and listen and it's like, well, then the whole sermon's like, that's not good. All right. So hopefully that's resolved. I, I hope it is. And if it is, then great. All right. Book of Romans. What do we do here? What do we do here? All right. We're in a section. If you remember, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. I think everyone probably remembers, starting in Romans chapter 3, probably in verse, maybe is it verse 8, where it actually kicks in, probably probably verse 9. Starting in verse 9, all the way down to, where do we want to stop, verse 23, verses 9 to 23, what does that section cover in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses, Romans chapter 3, verses 9 to 23? Okay. It outlines and teaches the doctrine of total depravity, that, the, that all human beings are totally depraved, and depravity impacts and affects every area of our life. Mind, thoughts, words, actions, desire, will, everything is impacted by it, right? And so that puts us in a very bad situation, right? We're, we're, 
All we're capable of is ultimately sin. We're, we can't, we're not capable of pleasing God. We are, we, our sin is going to separate us from God. It puts us under the, uh, the wrath of God. We're going to be con- condemned. So that raises the question, how then can we be what? Saved. How can we be justified? How can I stand justified before a holy God? And starting in Romans chapter 3, what verse? 24? Starting at verse 24 and following, we broke the section down. Romans 3, 24 and following, and then in chapter 4, we broke down two sections. Remember what we called these two sections? The first one is justification explained, and the second part was justification illustrated. Everybody remember that basic concept? Okay, good. We are working on justification explained. All right? Now, this morning, the goal is to look at three words. Three words. All right? I'll point the words out to you. Are you ready? Okay? The first word is found in verse 24. What word do you think I want to pull out from verse 24? Redemption. There we go. Redemption. Everybody see that word? All right, circle that. Write the word redemption down. All right, what do you think the second word is that we want to look at? Look at verse 25. Propitiation. Very good. And guess what we want the third word to be? Look at Romans 3.24. Justified. Justified. Those are the three words. Now, obviously we're looking to explain justification. We are going to have to look at the word justified again. And we're going to look at the Greek words behind these. We're going to do a lot of cross-references. That's our, that's our job. Now, this is the way I want to set this up. One of our listeners from Ohio, she uh, supports us a, a lot financially uh, she, and helps out a lot. And she's a, a very uh, faithful listener. And we're very appreciative of her. She sent me a message, I think when I was in Houston, I don't know where it was, basically saying something along, I can't remember the exact words, but hey, have you seen all the controversy with Piper? And I'm like, what? Are you, what's going on? Um, and I'm like, okay. And so she, she sent me some things and I started uh, you know, listening to the things she sent me and I was like, oh, this is not good. This has got, now I'm, I'm glad that because I've criticized Piper in the past and that didn't go over so good. I made a lot of people mad. Now it's good that those people I made mad moved on because they'd really be mad before I'm done with this, okay? Because um, I think it's fair to say, um, in fact, I removed uh, the Piper books from the front, um, I think it's pretty much safe to say that Piper has to be viewed as a false teacher at this point and a heretic. Um, and I know that that's a, a, a scary thought uh, for some, and I'm going to get a lot of emails, but I don't care. Uh, what he's doing with the doctrine of justification is, is frightening, it's dangerous, and here's what I hate about it. He's doing it in the most misleading way possible. He is not doing it in a way where I think the average person is going to catch it. 
He's doing it in a way where the average person is going to buy his teaching hook, line, hook, line, and sinker, and that I have no respect for. What I respect is when you walk up to the pulpit and you say, hey, you know the doctrine of justification the way it's usually taught? Hey, we're going to challenge that. We're going to change that. I respect that. Right? And when I do that, it may bother you, but when I, I sometimes throw in the bomb, but I always throw the bomb in with very just direct in your face, right? This is the way I've taught it. Boom! I'm changing it. I don't, I don't try to manipulate you so that you don't know there was a change, right? I, I, you know, I, I don't have, uh, probably because I don't possess the ability to be like that because I do everything in a bombastic way. You know, when I, you're gonna know, correct? I mean, you're going to know. I'm going to blow everything up. I, I don't respect the sneaky way. So let me try to explain basically what Piper has done. He is teaching basically that there are two justifications. Initial justification. Final justification. Initial justification is by faith alone. But initial justification isn't the thing that gets you into heaven. Initial justification puts you in a position where God is for you and not against you. And as a result of God being for you and not against you, now you are able to produce good works. And because you now produce good works, guess what will be the basis of your final justification? Your good works. Now, Sarah Danzler should know this. That is pure Roman Catholicism. That is being justified and placed in a state of grace, infused with something that I now cooperate with to give me to my final justification. Let me read for you. I posted in the church chat the sermon, so you can all go listen to it for yourself. Here is from Piper's sermon. So, we should not speak of getting to heaven by faith alone in the same way we are justified by faith alone. Everybody hear that? We are not to speak of getting to heaven by faith alone in the same way we are justified by faith alone. Right there, he, there that's something going on, correct? There's something going on. Love the, uh, love, the fruit of faith, is the necessary confirmation that we have faith and we are alive. We won't enter heaven until we have it. There is a holiness without which we will not see the Lord. Essential to the Christian life and necessary for final salvation. Hear that? Final salvation is the killing of sin and the pursuit of holiness. Mortification of sin, sanctification and holiness. But what makes that possible and pleasing to God? We put sin to death and we pursue holiness from a justified position where God is 100% for us already by faith alone. See, 
By faith alone, we get put in a position where we can now put these things to death, where we can now pursue holiness. And then we do enough of this, then we reach final salvation. This is a complete, complete false gospel concept. All right? Now, I understand. Listen, I want to be fair. And I've listened to a lot of pastors analyze uh, the, the sermons. And they play the sermon and they stop and talk about it. And at some point, I, may, I don't know what else you can add to it. Because so much, the, uh, when, the, uh, when I was listening to this pi, uh, pastor analyze the sermon, he was getting frustrated because it's like a 45-minute sermon, but it's about 30 minutes of typical Piper theatrics. You know, the long pauses and the dramatic and the cracking voice. And it's just like, okay, just get... Come on, man. Okay, I ain't, now I'm not trying to condemn it. I, I, it's it's. I put it this way: if you're analyzing it, it's irritating. I don't want to condemn someone's style of preaching because everyone has different styles, and that that everyone's got to be allowed to preach. I mean, you got to preach the way you're built. Okay, Piper is an emotional person. That's the way he's built. He he. Sh- that's fine. I'm not gonna. He shouldn't preach like me, and I shouldn't be expected to preach. Like him, okay? So everyone's going to be different. But when you're analyzing it, it drives you absolutely, you want to pull your hair out. You're like, get to the point, right? And the thing is, he won't get to the point because he's taking everyone on a wild ride to manipulate, in my opinion, to purely manipulate and mislead. So here's what I will say. I understand Piper's concern. Piper's concern is the concern of, of Christians throughout for, for 2,000 years of church history. And here's the concern. Are you ready? If I say, if I look at Bobby and say, Bobby, you are justified and you're going to go to heaven by faith alone because of Christ alone, period. My fear is that Bobby's going to say, I believe and then do what? Lives exactly the way he wants. Right? That is the concern. Every Christian knows that. However, That concern cannot be fixed by creating a system that destroys justification by faith alone if justification by faith alone is right. Does that make sense? You've got to come up with a system. And that that was our problem. That was my problem with the whole uh, lordship salvation is lordship salvation is trying to fix that problem. But I think ultimately, what does it do? It goes against justification by faith alone because this is what it says. Bobby, you're justified by faith alone. However, if you're truly justified by faith alone, you will do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And if you don't do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, go, you know, go all through the whole alphabet, then you're not saved or you were never saved. Which means my salvation is really dependent upon what you do, not what Christ did. And if you can't see that problem... Now, at first you don't see the problem. Right? At first you're just like, okay, yeah, I mean... You're saved by faith alone. You just have to do good works to to show that you're saved. That sounds okay until you really think it through and you're like, well, wait a minute. How? How does this work? So, because this controversy, and there are thousands of articles, I mean, you can get online. There are articles everywhere on this subject. I haven't, I don't really want to get back into the debate. I don't think there's anything I can really add to it. I I, I tend to like to record on things when the, when the issue is new, 
Not when the issue is this long down the road. There's way too many people who've already addressed it. So if anyone hears this, go look up Piper. I mean, you, I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. There's thou, do what? MacArthur. Uh, MacArthur uh, did he address the issue? Well, lordship, yeah, lordship is uh, the MacArthur issue. These kind of re- kind of relate, but as far as the Piper controversy, as far as the Piper controversy, there's there's enough people out there who's have addressed it. Maybe I need to address it in a more detailed way. We we will see if we can ever get internet out here, because uh, I would definitely need to be out here for a long period of time and not be no phones or any possible disruptions. But um, we will see. Uh, that's just the main thing to realize is this: the doctrine of justification. This is part, really what I want to drive home with this. The doctrine of justification is, has been called by many the doctrine that the church stands or falls on. That if you get the doctrine of justification wrong, the church falls. Right? The doctrine of justification has been talked about for 2,000 years. Okay? And I will say that the Piper situation is just a reminder that the doctrine of justification needs to be so understood that you cannot be misled or manipulated. Because I, I greatly fear that if I would have just handed everyone the Piper sermon and just said, hey, this is great, and I didn't say anything about it, that people in this church would have bought it and thought it was a great sermon. And if you would have fallen for that, that would have been a, that would have been a horrible sign that you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, and I think a lot of people, so I didn't try to play the game because I was just going to post and go, hey, this is a wonderful sermon. A, A, probably nobody would have listened to it. Or B, I was just going to play the sermon on a podcast and say, hey, this is wonderful. See how many emails I got going. That's not wonderful. I think a lot of people would have bought it. And, And if you can't detect it, then that's a scary sight. That means your understanding of justification needs to be what? Better. Better. So we're, we're currently studying a section that's supposed to be doing what? Explaining justification. So what is a, a not a, a best, better way to start looking at it? So let's look at it and see what we can do, all right? Let's go to Romans chapter 3, all right? So there's just, I just want you aware of the controversy that you know about it. I've got, you know, I listened to that whole Piper sermon, man, and well, man, there's so much I could say about that, but let's not do this. Let's, let's get to Romans 3.24. All right, what do we learn in Romans 3.24? Being justified freely by his grace. Now stop right there, okay? This begins to establish, we've already talked about this in some detail, but I'm going to remind us again, that we are justified how? Freely. Freely. Now, that's a good, good thing. Free on whose perspective? Our perspective, obviously it's going to cost someone else, but it's free for us. Now, if it's free for us, now you see why Piper comes along and says justified, there's two justifications. Because the first one is free. The final one cost me. All right? See how you work that out? Okay. But this says I'm justified freely. By what? What was the verse say? By? Through his grace? Right? By his grace, okay? See if there's any other different translations, right? Through or by his grace. So I am justified freely by grace. Now, grace is a key phrase, right? Because grace is something I cannot earn, something I do not deserve. This is setting it up. But then it goes on and uses a very important word. 
being justified freely uh, by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So my justification is connected with what? Redemption. Redemption. Everybody see that? That's the first word we're going to study. All right? All right, everybody ready? All right, the Greek word here for redemption. Anybody know what the Greek word is? Okay. Lutrisis. Apolutrisis. All right, that's probably not the correct way to pronounce it, but apolutrisis. All right. That is the Greek word. Now, how, what are some basic meanings of this word? Um, it's a releasing affected by payment of ransom, redemption, deliverance, liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. Everybody see this? All right. Apolutrisis is the, is the Greek word, apolutrisis. The word, it's translated in English to the word redemption. And it's used as the releasing affected by payment of ransom, redemption, deliverance, or liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. All right? What are the two, what are the two concepts that kind of come together with that kind of a definition there? All right, we got a payment. That's one concept, agreed. And the payment leads to a deliverance. So there is a payment and there is a deliverance. Everybody see that? Very important concept. So my justification, even though it's free, it's by grace, it's through a redemption. A redemption in whom? So Christ is connected to this redemption, correct? So in somehow Christ, there's a redemption, and this redemption involves a price and a deliverance. Well, we know Jesus paid the price, right? He dies, right? He, he suffers, and I am delivered. Now, this all places, make sure we understand this, this idea of redemption places the one accomplishing it outside of whom? Me. Someone else is paying the price. Someone else is doing the deliverance of, of me, delivering me. I, I am outside of this. Agreed? Okay. All right. This, uh, this word is used, what, 10 times in the King James? It's what I have. It's used uh, nine times as redemption, one time as deliverance. Everybody see that? Let's look at the different ways it's used. All right? Or look at all the different places that it is used. Where's the first place it's used in the New Testament? Luke chapter 21. Let's go there. All right, Luke chapter 21 verse 28. Now, we could get in here to what's going on here in Luke and, 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 and everything that's happened. He's given, um, 
We, we definitely know that some of the things he's talking about here applies to 70 AD. Some people say that some of the things he's applying here uh, refers to the second coming of Christ. We know it obviously is not referring to the first coming, right? So 70 AD, second coming. And what do we find here in Luke 21, 28? And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Now, what's the idea of the redemption here? Well, everything's going to be falling apart, disaster, death, destruction, but someone's going to come to deliver or redeem you or to deliver you from the situation. So the, here, the word redemption is being used to focus on which part? The deliverance part. Yes? All right, the deliverance part. So it's to deliver me from something, to save me from something. There is from some kind of destruction. When we use it in justification, I am being delivered from the penalty of sin, from the wrath of God, from condemnation. All right? Second place it's used is Romans 3.24, which we've already looked at, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption. So my justification is connected to Redemption through Jesus Christ. That is in Jesus Christ. Christ is the source of this redemption. What's the uh, third place it's used? Romans 8.23. And what do we find here? Let's go to Romans 8.23. Romans 8.23. And... Not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. All right, what concept is this focusing on? What concept is this focusing on? Well, we know it's not, it's not focusing on payment, is it? So then what has it got to be focused on? Deliverance. Right? Some kind of deliverance. And what, what's it focusing on here? That we are in a body where we groan and we're waiting for a redemption, a deliverance from this body, a new body, something better. So it's focusing on a deliverance, yes? Right? That seems to be the major f- uh, focus so far. Agreed? Yes? Okay. Now remember, this all happens because of a payment. Payment. Something had to be uh, offered up for this to occur. What's the th- uh, next place? 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. All right. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Now this is just focusing, what, what's the po- point here? It's connecting redemption with whom? Christ. So again, who accomplishes our redemption? Christ. Now I want to focus on this. Who accomplishes it? Christ. Who accomplishes our justification? Christ. It's, it's, the redemption, the justification is something done outside of us. It's something done for us. It's something done to us by someone else. We don't have any part of this. Agreed so far? Okay. All right. Just keep that in mind. All right, where's the, uh, the next place is Ephesians 1, 7. Now, I, now, what is this going to focus on? Ephesians 1, 7. 
Ephesians 1, 7. In whom, now who's the, who's the whom? Christ. If we go back, we can find that out. Correct. Agreed. Yes. Look at verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise, glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Now, what is, what's, what's the concept redemption here is focused on? Okay, yeah, we'll get there in a second. There's kind of two ideas here in verse 7. Redemption can have the idea that, that we are delivered, but what's the cost? Through his blood. There is the cost of redemption. (coughs) I apologize for those listening online. All right. So what's the cost of our redemption? His blood. But again, who's doing all of it? Outside of us, correct? Verse 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. All right. Now the redemption is the deliverance from, but it's of what? What's going to be redeemed? What is the purchased possession? Who purchased it? What did it cost him? His blood. Right? Now, again, if redemption is deliverance, right? If, del- if, if redemption is deliverance, what, what we'd have, we can assume deliverance from at least what things? Penalty of sin, agreed. Wouldn't that be a, a minimum? The wrath of God? Hell? Now wait, that puts it with what? Heaven. That puts it with salvation. Now remember, Piper came along and said, don't say we get into heaven through faith alone. Well, wait a minute. This seems to imply that I'm going to be redeemed and delivered because of what Christ did. Right? So in in, in Romans 3.24, we have justification, which is free, right? By grace, through redemption, by Jesus Christ. Look at Romans 3.24, put all the concepts together. Go through Romans 3.24 again. Being justified Freely, okay, there's justification. Well, we'll get to that word in a minute. Freely, by his grace, through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. My justification is tied to my redemption. Does everybody see it? Yes, I am redeemed. That's part of, that's connected. How do you, no, it just seems so. One redemption, one justification, Right? Remember, Piper's arguing for a, a, a first and a last. Now, there may be... there. Well, we can get into that in a minute, but you get the idea. Okay. So far, so good. All right, what's the next verse? Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30. Now, that speaks of a coming or future deliverance, an, an, an ultimate one. Yes? In other words, the Bible seems to speak of that we have been redeemed and we will be redeemed. Now, there, there you could talk about a, a, a two concepts, but it's all linked together, yes? Right. All right, what's the next one? 
Colossians 1.14. What does it say? And whom we have redemption. And how do we have this redemption? Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Everybody there? All right. Then, then two more to go. Hebrews 9.15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of a New Testament that by the means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that they, they which are called might have the promise of eternal inheritance. It's connecting it to what? Yeah, well, yeah. But it's connected to salvation, right? Right. And in uh, Hebrews eleven thirty five, doesn't this doesn't use the word redemption? But I bet you can find it. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting. There it is. That's the same Greek word. Apolutris, if I say it correctly. Everybody got it. All right. So redemption. Now go back to Romans 3.24. To understand justification, what do you need to understand? We need to understand redemption because they're linked together. Everybody see that? Just do a quick thing. If you have a Bible dictionary nearby, grab a Bible dictionary and look up an entry for redemption. Tell me if there's an entry for it. All right, let me grab my dictionary. Ten seventy three. There we go. We have redeemer, and then we have redemption. Everybody see it? What do we read? Redemption, deliverance by payment of a price. Remember what two concepts I said that the uh, definition gave us. Yeah, deliverance and payment. And what is the definition here? Deliverance by payment of a price. In the New Testament, redemption refers to salvation from sin, death, and the wrath of God by Christ's sacrifice. Now you see what, what all the things that are listed there? Sin, death, and the wrath of God. Did I not mention all of those? There you have it, all right? And how are we uh, deliver, delivered from all of those? Christ's sacrifice. Again, what am I emphasizing? It's outside of us. It has nothing to do with us. Right? In the Old Testament, the word redemption refers to the redemption by a kinsman. All right? Rescue or deliverance and ransom. In the New Testament, it refers to... What does it refer to? Loosing and loosing away. Uh, in the Old Testament, redemption was applied to property, animals, persons, and, uh, and the nation of Israel as a whole. In nearly every instance, freedom from obligation, bondage, or danger was secured by the payment of a price, a ransom, bribe, satisfaction, or sum of money paid to obtain freedom, favor, or reconciliation. People may redeem property, animals, and individuals, slaves, prisoners, um, indentured uh, relatives who are legally obliged to God or in bondage for other reasons. God alone, however, is able to redeem from the slavery of sin. 
enemy oppressors, and the power of death. The New Testament emphasizes the tremendous cost of redemption, the precious blood of Christ, which is also called an atoning sacrifice or... That's another word we're going to be talking about in a minute. A propitiation by his blood. Believers are exhorted to remember the price of their redemption as motivation to personal holiness. Uh, The Bible also emphasizes the result of redemption, freedom from sin, and freedom to serve God through uh, Jesus Christ our Lord. How can we uh, fail to rejoice having been freed from the uh, oppressive bondage of slavery to sin and the fear of death? Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. There you have it. So that goes right along with everything we just read. Now, what's the main takeaway from this? Redemption is something is done for you. Correct? So if, now think about how this works. Just think about this logically. Remember, what, what is the struggle with, with the idea of justifica- justification that is free? The, 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 the concern is that someone that we want to almost say, okay, Bobby, you want this justification, you got to do this. Right? That's always the fear. But when you read this kind of concept, what does it seem to describe? There's Joel, right? He's in bondage to sin. He deserves hell, right? I mean, he, I mean, we all do, okay? So it's not just Joel, okay? We all do, okay? All right? But someone came along and paid a price, redeemed him. That means it's something that Joel didn't do for himself. So you can't come along and go, hey, the price was paid, justified freely, by grace, redemption through Christ, cost his blood, and say, okay, Joel, now, that's great, but you have to do A, B, C, D, E, you got to do all of this. Now, I'm not saying he shouldn't do those things, but it's hard to then hold, because uh, who's going to take the price away? I mean, if the price is paid, the paid, Right? If it's paid, it's paid. Right? It's either paid or not paid. It's, it's, Miss Gussler handed me some money to buy food for everyone at my house since everyone's sick. Okay? Greatly appreciate that. Now, but she did not say, okay, I'm going to pay for lunch. However, if you don't do A, B, C, D, E, you're going to come up, you're going to throw it up this, this evening and give it back. Okay. Right. Okay. She was like, I don't want it. Okay. Like she's that's not the way it works. Correct. I mean, that's a, that's a, a, a blunt way of describing it, but I mean, what else could I do? Right. But that's not the, so you're saved. However, if you don't do, well, then what was the point of paying the price? Because who's paying the price? Right, but I'm, in this other system, I would be paying the price. You see how this doesn't work. This doesn't, and this is, and I understand that. Like we don't want, we don't want to be accused of some easy believism where we say, "Hey, you're saved. Just do what you want." But we cannot create, find a solution. The solution can't be to destroy a salvation where I'm justified freely by grace through a redemption where someone paid a price on my behalf and then make me do 40 things to somehow prove that I... What am I supposed to prove? Right? And so, 
you know, so that, yeah, that's, this, that, that's why this word is very important to understand, right? Because redemption says Christ paid the price. And if he paid the price, Ms. Gussler paid for my lunch today. No one else has to pay for it. Now, and, and, and even if, even if she, you know, if, if she comes back, I mean, it's already paid for, right? Even if she tried to make a stipulation, I, I got to do all these things today. Well, even if I came back and tried to throw it up, it wouldn't matter at that point, right? I mean, what? It's already paid for. So either Christ paid or he didn't pay. So did he? Well, he shed his blood. He hung on a cross. He died. All right. So there's that. Okay, we're going to have to stop right there. I want to keep going, but there's, there's no way. There's no way I can continue. But that redemption, that, that Romans 3.24 is key. And why is... Now, again, Romans 3.24 seems to contradict Romans 2.6. Okay. We're going to be judged according to our works. And th- remember the way we reconciled that. Yeah, I will be judged according to works, but it's going to be the works of Christ that are accredited to my... That's the only way I can get around it. There's no other way to get it. There's no way I can reconcile these two. No way I can reconcile these two. But the main thing I want you to understand, as everyone right now seems to be debating justification again, and who knows? Who knows if the Piper thing leads to a major change of the belief of justification within the Protestant world? That would be right. Ra- I mean, just think if we were to witness a major change in the Protestant world to a teaching on justification, we could be literally way off. I mean, we may, no one may agree with us before it's all said and done. But, the, but we can't, the, 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 the Christian church cannot ever forget the doctrine of justification. You've got to know it. Remember uh, Paul's concern with the church of Galatia? What, what was he shocked about? They moved away from a gospel of grace. They moved away from a gospel to a false gospel. And the gospel is the message of salvation, Right? And what's the central message of salvation according to what we believe? That we are justified by faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone. Yes? All right. So Romans, this section, I, can, I know you may be thinking, well, we can just move on. We can, clearly we can't move on because Christianity is in confusion right now. When you got someone who is so known for teaching on the doctrine of justification. Go back in our library. There are thick books by Piper on the doctrine of justification. He was the the go-to guy on this subject. This is a shock. Well, guess what? You are vulnerable to being misled unless you have this down. So Romans 3, 24 to 31, I plead with you, read this, know this, backwards, forward, upside down. And so what's the thing you need to take away this morning? How are we justified? Freely. By what? His grace. Through what? Redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And what does redemption carry? What two concepts? Payment and deliverance. What are we delivered from? God's wrath, sin, 
death. Yes? Okay? And who paid the price? And what was the price? His blood. Has the price been paid? Yeah. So how can I come along and demand repayment? Or more payment? Or additional payment? Or that I've got to somehow prove that I got the payment? What proves I got the payment? The payment! <laughs> right? right? His, the cross! Remember, that's why I got so concerned with lordship salvation is lordship salvation takes the focus off not what Christ did, but what I when I get to the end of my life, this is what I've done. Okay, you prove you got it. No, no, I'm going to step out of the way. That proves it. Christ did it. Right? Now, again, that doesn't mean we should run around and live any way we want, but we, but we have to just put it into perspective. Does that make sense? All right, let's stop right there. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you this morning. We didn't get near as far as I wanted to, Lord, but I pray that... We, we, we have to have this doctrine down. We have to. We cannot allow ourselves or the rest of Christianity to become deceived just because a, a very famous pastor decides to redo the doctrine of justification. I pray that you, we would be wise, thoughtful, careful, and that we would understand this the best we can. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.